another episode of the Climbing Hinge Podcast. On this episode, creating the monster. <laughs> what is the monster? It is called psychological entitlement. This is where the phenomena where somebody has an exaggerated expectation about things that they are owed to them. And entitlement, they are entitled to. At the same time, they don't believe that they have certain obligations that other people, more healthy in their um, demeanor and disposition and emotional mental space would have. So on this episode of the podcast, we're gonna get into this idea of how the monster this psychological entitlement is created and how in many ways it is nurtured and built up by you, possibly. Um, all right, so what we're going to do on the podcast, we're first going to define what psychological entitlement is. So we have a good definition of what it is. Then we're going to get into how it has evolved. And, and it's... At its core, it, you say you could meet somebody, your partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, they can already have a sense of entitlement. And you have to deal with it. Most people, what they do is when they're dealing with this, don't handle it in positive, constructive ways. And so it grows and gets worse. The monster grows, right? So you're ultimately responsible in many cases for letting it grow because you don't want to deal with the storms and pain associated with helping somebody um, to be conditioned in a positive way to move out of it. So uh, we're gonna get into that. Third, we're gonna talk about how entitlement and exaggerated expectations are built into the dopaminergic system. This is really at the kind of the crux of where it lies. And we've talked about expectations before, so you're familiar with that. And then what we're going to finally do at, at the wrap it up is talk about examples of how you can condition your partner through learned conditioning to a more healthy way. And that's the DAO, using the DAO method. It's an acronym, D-A-O. All right. And the, the D is for doing too much. A is for appeasement. And O has to do with obligations and, and not allowing your partner to be accountable for certain obligations because you don't want to deal with the pain. Now remember what Arnold Schwarzenegger says, when I'm having pain through all my repetitions, that helps me get closer to my goal. So what Arnold just said there, in case you couldn't understand my horrendous um, impersonation of him, was that Arnold says, uh, I'm, as, as I'm experiencing pain of each repetition in the gym, I'm getting closer to my goal. So if you have a partner that has psychological entitlement or entitlement in any way, you're going to have to go through pain to get to the other side. And most people don't want to do that. So they kick the can down the road and don't deal with it. All right, so let's get into a definition of what this is. It is a stable and pervasive belief that one deserves favorable treatments in some way, shape, or form, and that they're waived from certain obligations that other people might be accountable for. So I'm owed more, and I don't have the same obligations. And, and it, it kind of rides on the, on the flip side of the coin 
of victimhood. All right, so what happens when somebody is entitled and they have entitlements, they feel they're owed certain things that um, maybe they aren't fairly owed or they don't have obligations that others have, is that when that is violated, if you hold them to their obligations, or they don't get the treatment, the exaggerated treatment that they feel they're owed, it leads to conflict, selfish behavior, aggressive behavior. Uh, and most people don't want to deal with that. So they kick the can down the road, they appease their partner, they let them get away with not their obligations, and it grows. The monster grows, like Frankenstein's monster. Interestingly enough, let's go into point two and how this, how this can evolve in somebody as a defensive mechanism. It is a defensive mechanism against psychic pain and frustrations that people have dealt with when they have interactions with intimate others and other people that are insensitive to their needs. So you're a child growing up, your parents are insensitive to your needs. Um, you have periods of deprivation, maybe abuse in some way. And so what the defensive mechanism is, you're not getting the things that other healthy kids get, so you feel you're owed. You're owed more. And that's the, that's the defensive mechanism. So many times people that have been through these experiences, resource scarcity, deprivations of getting the things, comfort from their parents, affection, um, other resources that other healthy children might get, it develops this, this psychological entitlement where they feel they're owed more. And you can see that how this relates to the idea of being a victim. Um, I'm owed more. I'm a victim. I don't have to have the same accountabilities and obligations as others because I'm a victim. And what happens many times, you might meet somebody that's like this. And instead of, you might not have the skills to deal with it on a constructive, healthy manner. So you let it go to the side. You kick the can down the road. Or you're doing too much for them and they're not appreciating it because it's an entitlement. That's what happens. And then you get mad because you're not getting anything back. It results in passive aggressive behavior. Um, so just be aware of how this cycle grows, right? A lot of times you meet somebody like this, failure to deal with it makes it worse. You're gonna have to go through the pain to get to the other side, as Arnold Schwarzenegger would tell us. Okay, how does this relate to the dopaminogenic system? Um, expectations and dopamine are intertwined. So I have an expectation something's gonna happen and I'm gonna be surprised. And it's, the expectation of getting to the reward and the prize is running dopamine through me. Then I, I get it and it's better than I thought. I get another dopamine rush. And that has to do with learned conditioning, right? So if you go back, human beings, hundreds of thousands of years ago, I'm going along a certain path, I'd make a turn, and then the big game is there, which I'm hunting. And I kill it and I bring it back to our, our village. I remember, what dopamine's gonna help me do is remember how I got there so I can do it again. Learn conditioning. All right, so what happens with psychological entitlement is the expectation moves into one of, I don't know if I'm gonna get it or I'm not, or a surprise to, I'm gonna get it 
no matter what. I'm going to get it all the time. And it moves to this concept of what's called a psychological contract. So a psychological contract is a mechanism in someone's mind where they feel they will get it no matter what. And then when they don't get it, the contract is violated and they get mad. Good example from my own personal private life. I have a friend who always wants to pay for lunch and dinner wherever we're at, whether it's at the poker game, he wants to pay, or we're out and about, he wants to pay. I, I've told him many times, I got it, He's, he insists. Okay, so I let him pay. It's a big deal for him for some reason. One time, uh, and I've mentioned this story before, one time we were out, he orders, he doesn't ask me what I want. And you know how I felt? Angry. <laughs> I was mad. And I know about this concept of expectations and how this works. But I was still mad. I was angry at him. I had to reframe through this multiple times. So even me being aware of how it works did not prevent me momentarily from being angry at him for not paying. The, the expectation had developed into a psychological contract that he violated by not buying me lunch. And then I was angry. So this is how it works. So if you are doing something too much, part of the DAO, D-A-O's and how this works, D, doing too much, if you're doing too much for somebody in certain ways, and we'll go through some examples, it creates a psychological contract. Once it's violated, they will be angry at you. So you don't want to get yourself into that position. So when a contract is violated, the psychological contract, and the expectation isn't met, it triggers the dopaminergic system into a cascade of events. It activates the parts of the brain associated with pain. So the person has pain, which I just described. The dopaminergic system fires off, no dopamine. The neurons are firing, waiting. They don't get any. They're starved. That causes a, a, a craving or a fix-up to do something. Cortisol is released, dipinoprene is released, which is the stimulants, which gives me energy. Oxygenated blood flows to my skeletal muscles. This is all the flight or flight system, right? Um, my serotonin decreases, my saliva in my mouth decreases, I get a dry mouth, right? All these things happen when the dopaminergic system is activated. So if you create this psychological contract with your wife, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, partner, whatever, and you violate it, that's what happens. So you want to be really careful not to do it. Um, all right, so that's, that's how it works with the dopamine, dopaminergic system. Let's go through the Tao, the example of the learned conditioning, how we can work this so we don't create the monster, right? Tao, D stands for doing too much. A stands for appeasement, O, obligations and letting them go. All right, so for my girlfriend, I am bringing her flowers every Sunday when we meet and, hang, and go out for Sunday activities, our dates, whatever. And I get in the habit of picking her flowers up every Sunday, and so she expects flowers every Sunday. After I do it enough time, the surprise of it wears off because it has moved from an unknown expectation, maybe it'll happen, to something that I know is happening. It goes into what's called the psychological contract. Now we've got a contract in her mind, psychological, that is supposed to happen. 
Then the one day I don't do it, what happens? She gets angry. She hasn't appreciated the flowers for weeks or months. I miss it. She's angry at me because I violated the contract. So I'm doing too much. The key is if you're going to do things and you want them to be special and appreciated, you have to make them intermittent. You have to change it up, mix up the timing, the type, the number of times you do it. Don't do it every Sunday. Do it on one Sunday. Mix it up. Do it five Sundays from now. Don't do flowers. Do something else. So it's unexpected and a surprise. If she thinks she's going to get it, it has moved into an exaggerated expectation, a psychological contract. It's doing you very little, by the way, if, if anything. And then when you don't do it, pain. So when you're doing positive, supportive acts for somebody, if you're overdoing it, it creates a monster. So change things up. Change your timing up. Make the pattern undiscernible to your partner. Mix up the type of stuff you do. Don't overdo kind gestures, surprises, gifts. They have to be intermittent. They have to be mixed up. Same thing could happen at home, like on chores. And I, I remember a guy I met a while ago. When the first time I talked to him, we were talking about his, my wife doesn't appreciate anything I do. Nothing. Doesn't appreciate anything I do. So what are you doing? Well, I'm doing all the chores. All the chores he's doing. Now they both worked full time. Um, no kids. He was doing all the chores. Vacuuming, laundry, cleaning, dishes. He made all the meals when they were home. Breakfast every morning, dinner, lunch on weekends, snacks, everything. She wasn't doing anything. And then he was doing other things to, to surprise her and special, too much. And he said, she doesn't appreciate anything I'm doing. <laughs> well, why is that? Because everything he was doing had moved from an unexpected to an expected into a, what's called the psychological contract. So he wasn't getting any benefit from all this stuff. And the reason he was doing it was because he felt insecure in the relationship and he wanted more attention from her. See how it backfires? Doing too much will cause the monster to enhance and grow. If you are insecure, doing too much is not the way to get out of it. I can assure you. By the way, this all goes back to the tribes as well. We, we had our podcast. We talked about tribal cultures and, and how evolutionary forces create instincts, right? Back to the tribes. 70,000 years ago, the high-status males were doing what? Hunting big and dangerous game. The bigger, the more dangerous the animals, the higher the status. Guy who brings that back after a long day gets rewarded. The woman, they, they want a piece of him. He's got lots of food. If they have kids, he can help feed them and sustain them. And it's, it's cool. And it's hot that he's hunting dangerous game. The lower value members of the tribe were doing what? Begging, trading food and scraps that they got, trying to anyways for sex, appeasing them, trying to do things for them. They get on their good side, but were they out hunting big and dangerous game? No, they're focused around appeasement. And that behavior is disgusting to women because women, if they associate with these guys, what happens? They become besmirched. 
they become deflowered. If you're seen hanging around the lower elements of the tribe, the top tribal members don't want to mate with you, right? You get it? So these women will look at guys that are trying to appease them too much as what? Disgusting. You don't want to fall into that camp. So the research on chores, by the way, and doing chores around the house is that it should be balanced. Even, even if you're working, your, your partner isn't. Say I'm, work, I'm working full time. My wife's at home, two kids. And um, she's not working. It's important that I am seen to be pitching in roughly half of the chores. She's got two kids. It's a lot of work. They're a lot of fun and, and they're great, but they're, they can be stressful. Let's just, let's not sugarcoat it. It's work. So the key is when you have chores, cleaning the house and stuff like that, overall it should be balanced. That's your goal. So 50-50, 60-40, 55-45. Uh, and in your mind, if you're doing stuff and it's balanced, that is sufficient. Now there's always contextual situations. She's got something going on, you do more. You got something going on, you do more. But it's a, it's a give and take. It's a back and forth. If you're doing all of them, all the chores, and she's doing nothing, you're, you're, you're growing the monster, you're growing the entitlement, and guess what? You're being looked at as the appeasing beggar, low member of the tribe, trying to get attention. You're trying to appease them. It's not attractive at all. It's disgusting. So uh, don't do that. The next factor around um, in the Dowd is appeasement. And appeasement has to do with, so when the contract is violated, right, what happens? They can lead to anger on their part, aggression, coldness, fights, distance, moodiness, and you don't want to deal with it because it's not fun. So you put it off and you continue to appease them. Let's give it through an example. Husband and wife, I'm doing 50 to 60% of the chores. I know I am. I'm doing these all the time. She feels like she's not obligated to do everything because she has this entitlement thing going on. She grew up in an abusive household. She hasn't been treated right. She feels she's due more. She feels she's not obligated to do all the chores. And so when it comes to doing certain things, she'll say something like, well, I guess I'll do the dishes. Now keep in mind, this week, I've done the dishes four days and we're only into day six right i've done four out of six she's done them twice and she's saying it something like that obviously what she's trying to do is manipulate me through her uh, tone and anger to do the dishes now if i've done them four nights out of the week and she's talking like that should i go do the dishes no so how can i handle it there's a couple of different ways a i can just say okay and she's gonna storm off and be mad, right? Because she's trying to get me to do them like, by, by being like that, nasty. Secondly, I can use AEP, accept empathy and pivot. And I can say, well, I appreciate you you're sharing with me. I get the sense that you don't really want to do the dishes by the frustration and kind of the sarcasm in your voice. And I don't want you to feel like that. Like, you're my wife, I love you. And she might at that time say, I don't want to hear it or shut up. Who knows what she might say. She will not like it. Because through the AEP method, I am doing what? In a nice, positive, constructive way, 
exposing her behavior, which is not positive or healthy. So she doesn't want to do it. So if you use AEP and you expose their dysfunctional, unhealthy behavior, many times they'll stop doing it. So practice AEP, swear by it. I've seen some incredible results, people using AEP fluently, it works incredible. So those are two different methods you can use. Now, if she says that, you know, like, I guess I'll do the dishes when I haven't done the dishes all week, when I'm sitting watching the football games and I'm being lazy, she has every right to say it then. So context, right? And if that's the case, I better pick up, I better pick up the slack and get, get to doing stuff because otherwise she's going to keep being like that. All right, so we don't want to appease them. If they're being sarcastic like this because they don't want to be obligated to doing something or they feel they're owed not to do stuff, they have to tackle it. Back to Arnold. Without the pain, there's no gain. You don't grow without some type of pain. Those are birthing pains. So embrace it. If you're going to take the monster that's been created by this event, and perhaps you created the monster to a great degree, uncreating the monster and moving your partner to a healthy, loving place is going to be painful. Embrace it. That means you're having success if you do it in it the right way. All right, Dao. D-A-O, doing too much, appeasement. Third one is obligations. And this has to do, remember, on the definition, um, they feel they're waived from certain obligations and being accountable for things. Because I'm owed, right? And if they waive obligations or just shrug them off and you don't handle it in the right way where they have to have some kind of accountability, you're just letting the monster grow. So let's go through a couple examples. Number one, we've made plans often and she f cancels them in kind of a whimsical, non-serious manner that really doesn't take into account my time, right? So we've made plans for this Sunday. Saturday comes, we're not living together, boyfriend, girlfriend, Saturday comes. She's text, we're texting, she's talking about how busy she is, and da-da-da-da-da, and she's not going to have time for anything Sunday, and I'm getting the idea that she's not going to hold up our plans, but she's not quite saying it out loud and straight. She's not canceling our plans, per se, because she doesn't want to be accountable. And she's expecting me to get the hint. What should I do? Handle it directly. Honey, I'm getting the sense that our plans for tomorrow, you want to cancel them. Is that correct? And she says, well, you just heard how busy I am. Yes, but you did not call out clearly and tell me you want to cancel them. So I want to make sure. Yes. Okay, thank you. It's important that if we make plans, we try to uphold them. And if one of us is going to cancel, we try to give each other as much advance notice as possible because we want to respect each other's time. So you might say something like that. He or she isn't going to like it. Too bad. That's part of deconstructing the monster. Learn conditioning, healthy conditioning, to a better place. You have to go through the pain if you're going to recondition um, them out of the monster of, of psychological entitlement. You could have the same thing on, on other things, such as uh, financial accountabilities. 
where your partner is supposed to be paying for something um, together or something that they have. Perhaps you have a, a bill that you pay that your partner is obligated to be paying part of and she's not um, doing it on a consistent basis. You're always having to ask her because she's trying to shrug it off. And because she knows if you ask her, she might get mad, right? So she doesn't say anything about it. She puts it off until you have to ask her every time, every month, and you're getting sick of it. So what do you do? Um, the first time, you know, a few days go by, you ask her. Second time, a few goes by, a few days go by, you ask her. And if it's a recurring thing, then you have to make it more of a of a specific, healthy, constructive dialogue, honey. Every time on the 15th of the month, when it comes time to paying the bill, that's half of, it's your bill, right? That I'm paying in, uh, jointly, right? But you're obligated, that's your half. We don't have a joint bank account. I don't wanna have to be chasing you down. And so if you'd rather just get an account in your name and pay for it, maybe that's the best thing to do. She's not gonna be happy, <laughs> right? Or, or if you're having a problem with the money by the 15th, please give me advance notice that you're gonna be late. That's another option. These are the kind of conversations that you wanna have for recurring issues regarding obligations. So number one, not holding up their obligations and being accountable for plans made. Number two, financial type things. Um, it could be chores, where she says she's going to be contributing to chores and she's not doing them. Same type of conversation. So how we want to uncondition through learned conditioning, think of DAO, D-A-O. I'm doing too much. If I'm doing too much, I need to do less. I need to change the pattern, right? And so when I'm going to change the pattern, I don't necessarily change it all at once, but I, I start to change it in small increments, right? Um, so it's not as noticeable. And, and if I'm doing something all the time, doing too much and I want to stop, first time I make a change, I might let her know and say, oh yeah, I'm not, not going to be able to do that Sunday, um, just so you know, because of a pre-commitment pre, pre that I have. Change the patterns um, slowly. However, know that you're probably going to experience some pain because she's already developed into a psychological contract what you're doing. D-A-O, doing too much, appeasement, don't appease them in any way. We're not saying don't do your fair share. Do your fair share, chores, special gestures, gifts, whatever, but be careful and mindful, too much grows the monster. <laughs> you don't want that. And then obligations, D-A-O, obligations. If your partner is, is not wanting to be accountable for their obligations, they have to be addressed in positive, healthy ways. They're not gonna like it, it's gonna be painful, but as you move them through this, you move them to a better place, right? Where, where they see they have to respect you. And by the way, when they respect you more because you're confronting these issues, that grows attraction and trust at the same time. All right. All right. So once again, um, we've talked about and defined what psychological entitlement is, how it's evolved as a defensive mechanism, how it's grown and how you might have grown it through appeasement, doing too much, not holding them to their obligations. Right. And if you have how you can reverse the process. 
So don't do too much. Be mindful of what you're doing. Do the right things. If you have a beautiful, loving wife or husband, you know, do things to make them feel special. But watch your patterns on how often you do things. Mix it up. Change what you give them. And, and don't make it an expectation that has evolved into a psychological contract. All right. There we have it. Do not create the monster. If you have a monster, we're going to defang them through this process of Tao. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Climbing Henge Podcast. <laughs>